zip it up. Zip it in. Hello, Big Black Clockers. And for new listeners, welcome to the Big Black Fun. I'm your host this week, Kevin. I'm joined with you, uh, joined by Carl. How are you doing, Carl? What's up? Everything's all right. It's summer now. Yeah. And we're also joined by Dima. Hola, mis amigos. How are you doing this week? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's <laughs> finally very warm here in Montreal, so... Yeah, finally, yeah. It's like yeah. 30 degrees this weekend. Well, yeah. like last week, it was warm, and then it took and like for a people psh- in the U.S., that's like uh, three slushies. <laughs> <laughs> Super size slushies. It's like three really slushies warm. per American Eagle. Do they, do they call it slushies there? No. I'm wondering. Do they call it slushies? What? I don't know. Temperature? No, Fro- they frosties? Frost? No. Whatever. Frosties? No, that's something for I don't movies. know. It's something p- uh, per cheeseburger <laughs> divided by screaming eagle and <laughs> heart disease. <laughs> Anyway, so this week's subject, we want to talk about quartz. We want to talk about quartz watches, Michael and if we quartz. were to build, build a, <laughs> if we were going to build a um, a uh, collection out of quartz, I think how many watches do we go with each? I want four. So when I was looking into it, a quartz is nine hundred and fifteen millimeters. What? Oh wait, wait, no, no one's laughing. I'm just waiting. <laughs> He's just like looking for reaction. Oh, a quart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, a quart. My That's English is not the two a good. I cannot <laughs> hear what <laughs> you were saying. My hair king. My hair king. Uh, you know, I could. Uh, don't you look at me with that tone of voice. <laughs> oh, I punch you in the shirt. <laughs> is it Asian now? <laughs> no, it's. Punch you in the shirt. I don't do accents very well. Other than Russian, the but that one I'm pretty good at. She's good. All right. So yeah, you okay? So what do we go with? How many watches do you guys do? Each? Four. I got four. Four. Same. Did you prepare war- quartz watches, Carl? I prepared like <laughs> units of measurement. <laughs> <laughs> the introduction of the milliliter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have um, quartz from Japan, Switzerland, and. Walmart. Yeah, Swiss. <laughs> it's, all, it's all Swiss beside one. <laughs> but, but they're all from Walmart. Walmart. So, quartz watches. So, uh, before we get into the subject, and we could dive in right away, um, anything in the news you guys want to talk about? Anything you want to share? Anything we saw this week? No? Nothing? Nope. Nothing. So, at the start of the 60s, you know, all seemed like it was good in the world. Uh... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Jesus Christ. They're all like showing me their wrists. I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, what's wrong with your wrist? Wrist check. Before we jump to the subject, let's do a quick okay, wrist check. It's, Jesus it's, Christ. It's okay. It's your first time. It's like, wrist check in the 60s. In the year was. Okay. So let's start with you, Carl. What are you wearing this week? Uh, Tudor Ranger. Oh. Irritant Ranger, should I say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't sell it yet. It's You're putting there. it up for sale now? At some point, yeah. I'm just lazy. I uh, mean, it's, it's like, it, it's a five minute process Why? It, really five minutes like taking the pictures going the like ad and everything i didn't know it's really not two that. two you got one left <laughs> <laughs> it's not and especially if you put it on corona 24 they as soon as you put the model they pre-list all of the d- dimensions and specs. they find a similar mo- yeah. mo- posting right and they just yeah. map it over only thing you have to do is put a uh, they will to make sure that you have the watch they will ask you they will send you an email saying uh, what i see this watch saying like 10 15 and send it back to us, right? So you, you, they want you to show specific so it's not times. A fake listing. Yeah, exactly. And mm. it's a random time and day. So oh, interesting. <laughs> it was like, here's my ranger. We want to see the face of the moon, but <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, just because it's on a NATO, I didn't change anything. Kind of hot outside. Cool NATO. It's the best NATO. No, it's a cool NATO. It's from the same um, like 
design firm like um design firm that did the robe for Chanel? They make the robes for the Vatican and they work for Chanel as well. Okay. Yeah. They're, so, they're, what's cool is that it's handmade and it's unique. So it's one of a kind. It takes like an hour or so to do mm-hmm. an inch of it or something like that. Really? Something ridiculous. Why like is that. it yeah, so... It uh, multiple, because they do it by hand. It's not a machine. Ah, so this is entirely done by hand. Yeah. yeah. And it's not printed so it's really like um, different on each other as well. Yeah. This is uh, excessive. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, most How of the... How much does it cost us separately? This, the NATO, I don't know, probably multiple hundreds of dollars. Jesus. Yeah. I don't even know if they sell it separately, by the way. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, most of things in watches are excessive anyway. So. so they all come, all the Tudor Rangers come with that NATO, and then you have three variations of it. You get on the Bund strap. Deutschband Bund! And then there's the uh, the steel strap and the uh, leather strap. Speaking yeah. of Deutsch, Deutsch, uh, Deutsche uh, Fußball Bund, the, the Euro is about to start in That's like right. a week and a half from now. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's good. I didn't see all. Yeah, the, at the time of recording, when people are going to listen to this, it's going to be done. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very fair point. <laughs> so, if you're listening to this, uh, who who do we have winning the Euro? Me. I'm always cheering for Germany, but it's France probably going to be again. They're very very strong. Or Algeria number two, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's. <laughs> so, what are you wearing this week, Dima? <laughs> I'm uh, wearing my Seiko SV143. Nice. The, there's no no reaction anymore. No, it's no, no. It's, it's been it's been three weeks uh, since the last time. Uh, honestly, this is the first time uh, since I. Well, actually, the only time I've had this experience was with the Speedmaster because I had like a crazy honeymoon period. This is I'm going through this right now. It this, it has not come off my wrist. The only time I wore my Speedmaster in the last two weeks is when I we, we recorded the other episode. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like I wear it every day all day long. It's just, it's insane. It is full of cheese now. Uh, full yet. of cheese. Not yet. Not yet. Working on it though. Fried stuff with cheese. It, it's, uh, yeah. fant- it's fantastic. Like the more I look at it, the more I realize how perfect it is. Uh, colors yeah. like there's no guilt because I don't like guilt very much, and I find that they use the white markings. Instead, which is perfect because it, it just ages better. You don't get those. It's it's very subtle, but it's also nicely designed that you don't get really tired of the design because there's not much going on, but it's also not overly yeah. uh, utilitarian. Perfect. You're planning to change the bracelet for um, something more light for the summer, right? Well, I'm going to play around. The, I'm not going to wear it. The bracelet is nice. It's a lot. It's the best bracelet I've had from a Seiko. Mm-hmm. But it's still not a very good bracelet, so I'm not going to be uh, wearing it for forever, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of want to experiment a little bit because this thing is a strap monster. So I wanted to buy a bunch of different straps, and uh, I'm going to place an order with on your, CWC. Would your Omega strap fit on this? On yeah, this thing? it's the same. Don't you use it? Uh, I could. Yeah, but the, I'm using my it's Omega. The pure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't dilute. You know, you never mix. <laughs> Uh, no. I could, I could. That's the same. Ah. And and that's why I, b- I want to buy a bunch of different straps from CWC because they're all twenty millimeters. So yeah, Dimitri's like, that's together. how they get you. Like, Who's they? Who's trying to get? No, 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 that's how they get. That's how it starts. What starts? <laughs> it, it. Okay, you okay. know. And Kevin, what are you Kevin, wearing? What are you wearing? I uh, yeah, I am wearing one of my picks for. Uh, this podcast. So what you're saying, it's your bias. So maybe you want to start uh, describing it right away then instead of as a pick? Uh, yeah, I'll get into that in a second. Yeah, I'll get there. So just before we start the topic, so if we start uh, in the start of the 60s, it seems like all is good. No, because it's, I'll, I'll do the an intro first, right? So the first Super Bowl, Star Trek has debuted and then the late 60s ushered Vietnam in. War. What? Vietnam War. Kennedy got <laughs> God damn <laughs> 
Whoops! Is everything Cuban really, Missile Crisis, is Bay of Pigs. Wow, I'll have to beep so much things out on yeah. <laughs> But the late 60s ushered in a new generation of watchmaking, so everything was really automatic, manual. And then uh, uh, the first quartz movement uh, showed up. So <laughs> and, w- and then Japan went, Kawabanga, it is. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> So this breakthrough really it really destabilized the switch watch industry. So it really made me think of when I was doing research about this. It's like you remember that movie Step Brothers and then they're interviewing for the fucking job and they show up in tuxedos and then she's like like who who's he behind you and then the guy just shows up behind him he's like Shh. And she's like I can help with this pan pan but anyway they're interviewing they go you're both interviewing he goes yeah we're here to fuck shit up right that's that's how I felt Seiko was in the 60s right <laughs> So the Japanese made quartz calibers, essentially these these new quartz calibers. They're more accurate. They're faster to produce because they're cheaper. But they weren't cheaper yet then. You know, the watches still sold for a fair amount of points then. But they were cheaper to make than the Swiss mechanical watches. And it became such a threat to all of the watchmaking in the 70s and 80s. That's what they call the quartz crisis. So the quartz yep. crisis really put a whole lot of companies out of business. And even now today, what you'll hear is that many quartz movements or what people will, will say in terms of watches is that they're inferior. They're just not as good as as the alternative of having a me- mechanical watch. Uh, but I think it's important that we we take a moment to, you know, to we wanted to build a collection of quartz because we think that quartz does have its value. It does have a lot of, uh, of, of benefits in terms of, of collection. It's fun because it's, it's pretty... Um, um, you know, easy. It's easy to set it, uh, set it, and forget it, sort of thing, right? Or grab and go, like they say. Um, so we want to build a collection out of that. So what's a quartz movement? So Seiko was the first to produce a quartz movement, obviously causing the whole fuss in '69. Giggity, called the Seiko Astron. So, um, um, but it wasn't. It was the first quartz wristwatch because the first quartz clock was in 1927 from Bell, literally from Bell Telephone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had the first quartz clock in 27. So a quartz movement is essentially uh, a way of saying that your watch is powered using a battery. And quartz movements, they operate, and I'll, I'll read what I quoted here, via an electrical current from a battery that gives power to a quartz crystal within the movement. And this causes it to vibrate. And these vibrations cause the movement to oscillate which drives the motor. So finally, you can see the, the moving hands on the face of the watch. Um, so the main benefits that we see is accuracy, um, convenience, just to change the battery, grab and go, you never have to wind it, get it serviced. And lastly, they are much more affordable. So even if you're considering a luxury brand. So if people are like, hey, I want a Breitling or I want an Omega or I want... Uh, I don't know what other brands of quartz is there really expensive. Even Cartier. Cartier. Citizen has a Citizen. Bunch of really expensive ones. But if you're like Cardi- Cartier is a very. Right. But if you're like, I want to get into Cartier, you can buy a Cartier for 3000 bucks, but it's a quartz, right? So what we want to do was build a quartz collection. And I think that was a little bit to set the table there. So we had four watches each. Maybe we can talk about what those watches mean, some stories behind them, uh, that sort of thing. So why don't we give a, Who wants to start? Who wants to go first? Oh, me, I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, I'm tired. <laughs> so, yes. Best host ever. <laughs> so, so, the first watch I went with, because I think a co- every collection needs it, is a good diver. I went with a Seiko Tuna. 
Tuna. So the Seiko Tuna is an iconic Seiko that exists unto itself. In uh, it was introduced in '75, and it was uh, it was actually came out with a mechanical movement, and then in '78 it was upgraded with a uh, quartz movement. So it's a it's yeah. Um, just curious, it's always a quartz movement, or is it mechanical also? This one, but in general, the the, the tunas are always quartz, or the tunas are both? they are both. Okay. Both. You have Emperor Tunas, you have uh, Marine Master Tunas. So this one is the and the, the reference I'm, I'm I'm holding right now that I put on a bracelet is the SBBN 033. So this is the one with the metal bezel. Um, and this this they call it the tuna because it looks like a tuna can sitting on uh, on the top of a watch. Um, it's a saturation diver. This watch was made to go a thousand meters. This is a three hundred meter uh, watch. It's the one that's a little bit smaller. Measures forty seven uh, millimeters in diameter. Um, uh, hold on, let me pull up the specs so here. It's the smaller one at forty seven. There's some at fifty one and bigger. They're saturation divers, really, to be put there at thousand meters, right? So this is forty seven by forty seven. So it's a very round, compact disc. As you see, there's like no lug, so it kind of it does sit quite well on your wrist. You're looking at a um, rotating bezel. It has um, a Lumabrite. The, satur- the, the fucking Luma on this is incredible. The deep, rich, dark uh, face um, of the dial that says Marine Master Professional at 300 meters is great. But what, what really is the most impressive part of this, believe it or not, it's his quartz movement. So if I were to give a little bit of details on what makes this, this quartz movement so incredible is that this is a high-tech multi-jeweled movement with high torque. Uh, so one of the things you'll notice is that as it ticks, it doesn't skip. It doesn't even wobble as it hits. Hit. It hits every single indice on the mark as it's supposed to, kind of like these Grand Seiko uh, quartz movements that they're really like, they're just right on the, the mm-hmm. actual indice. Any other quartz movement, and we'll see the other ones are more affordable, it doesn't actually quite hit all the markers. It just kind of ticks, right? This one hits, it's calibrated to hit every single marker exactly the way it's supposed to. The... And it needs a high torque movement because of the fact that the hands are so heavy, just like your Grand Seiko. Um, so, and, and for also extended battery life, the caliber incorporates an end of life low battery feature so that it'll stick to it'll tick at two second intervals when the battery voltage is low, so we know when it's time to change it. It also um, has a tit- advanced titanium alloy case that houses the movement itself. Um, so it has advanced shock protection built in within this movement. It also has an advanced anti-magnetic gauss, low and thermal compensation strategy. So essentially hot or cold, uh, anti-magnetism, as well as a full helium and nitrogen gas prevention dispersal technology. So there's a helium escape to this right here. Um, and it can be completely disassembled, cleaned in service. So many quartz movements, as you'll know, you get them, the, the disposable. Once they break, they're not made to be fixed. You just buy a new movement and throw it. It's kind of like a cheap car. You could just change a whole motor as opposed to uh, uh, fixing it, right? So the thing is, is that these, these watches are not really disposable, so to speak, and they're highly evolved in terms of their movements. And uh, they probably hold more designs than any other professional dive uh, watches in the world, the, the the patents from the Tuna. That's something I was reading as well. The Tuna Professional Series, is a, it has so many advanced patent designs around this actual watch. So um, this, the, the again, the watch is a SBBN 033, and the movement is a 7C46. It is the movement right below uh, the Grand Seiko in terms of, of, of their quartz. So this is the diver that I would have in my collection, a proper saturation diver. If you guys wanted to have a look. 
it's interesting the, the the name tuna is not an official name right it's like one of the the nicknames that uh, seiko watches get from the fans right yikes no but it's more than that like i think even if you search seiko tuna i think it just appears on doesn't it even appear on their website so what's the price for those ones so this one is about um this one is about 900 bucks us okay so 1200 yeah it comes on a rubber strap but i put it on a a steel bracelet Mm-hmm. Uh, on the side too. I, I prefer steel bracelets as well. Uh, I do really like rubber steps, but um, um, steel bracelet is nice. You do like rubbers? Uh, safety, man. You got to be protecting against all of the, you know, diseases out there. Tetanus and, and uh, rabies. And alimony. Scary, scary, scary things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's, it's, a, it's a large watch though. It's like 46 millimeters, right? And exactly. it's heavy. <laughs> it, it is, is heavy. heavy. What's well, a 300 meter diver? Yeah. And it's interesting how the bezel rotates, but it's kind of protected behind that case. Exactly. So that it, it, if for shock, it, really is and it rugged. won't. It won't uh, but that dial is beautiful. And you know what? You want to see the loom? Just put your hand over it and you'll see the loom is insane on this thing. <laughs> like yeah. it's really, really, really bright. It's quite a, but you see also awesome. the way it ticks. You see how it hits every single indice perfectly? It's yeah. high torque. It's like it's really, really advanced. How precise is this, mo- is this movement? I think that the precision for this movement, if I'm not mistaken, let me look at it here, is plus or minus, I had it here, plus or minus 15 seconds per month. So it's like Grand Seiko. The Grand Seiko movements are 10 seconds a month or something. So yeah, unless it's the... Unless it's the Grand Grand Seiko. Where well, they have those really high... seconds uh, per year. Yeah, 10 seconds a year or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very so cool. So imprecise. Very cool. <laughs> very large watch, but there's but no it, lugs, so it, it doesn't sits, really fit. It does sit bad. really well. It yeah. doesn't really it look that, that crazy. Like, it's no bigger than my Sumo. It is thicker, though. But, you know, I'm a, I have bigger wrists. I, I really like it on the on the strap. And it's very grab-and-go. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a special Seiko that I ordered that's going to be coming in. Really it, good. Uh, no, it's not that one, but it's uh, limited. Oh. Uh-oh. I got, yeah, I saw it. I was like, I got to get Uh-oh. it because they still had it. Look at we'll his face. Make sure like, we'll be very excited for so you. So in this week's segment of what did Kevin purchase? <laughs> I don't think we have enough time for this. <laughs> it's time. too much. So who's going next? Much stuff. Uh, I'll go next. I'm sure Kevin is, is saying like that one watch, but he bought like three or four. With well, like, one watch uh, of in five different colors. Yeah. And like all the different variant of straps and like bands and probably two, three books about watches as well. Yeah. Right. Okay. And like some some part of Seiko. Yeah. <laughs> Majority <laughs> order. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. <clears throat> so I'll, I'll go next. Yes. Uh, I won't go into as much detail as given as usual. Um, <laughs> the Hamilton PSR. Oh, love it. Yeah. And they call it the PSR because they lost the name and right of can, the watch. Can I ask you a question? Would you go, can you specify if it's the gold one or the silver? The I took, gold a, I took so the reference green. as the silver one, but I have pictures of both. But oh, so the good. reference I have, it's uh, for a silver one. Is that the one they've used in the James Bond movie? Yes. Yes. So Moonraker or something? So No, I, it's, uh, it's uh, Live or Let Die. Live or Let Die, was it? It was Roger Moore. He was getting out of bed. So if I look here, for all you listeners out there, we had a movie watch episode. Or movie watch? Watch movies. Movie, movie watch. watch. Movie <laughs> film. Welcome to movie watch. Movie and picture film uh, episode. <laughs> Who are you, Borat? Cool watches and film. That's the name. Cool of watches and films, right? Movies and their what? Okay, episode seven. Go find it's episode a really good seven. One. It's a fun one. Uh, and we talk about that watch specifically, but Carl, talk to us about it. Yeah, so it's a recreation of the uh, Pulsar P2. They had two versions coming out the same year. Um, it's the first digital screen ever, uh, watch ever sold to the public as well, the P2 and the P1. Um, 
you're right with the uh, James Bond movie. So um, you can you see it in the Live or Let Die, and also uh, Elton John had one. In which James Bond movie did he have that one? <laughs> Elton John in which James Bond movie? I don't know. But Philadelphia was it? <laughs> <laughs> God damn! Uh, back in the seventies, uh, he was also in Kingsman. <laughs> he was. He was. Yeah, yeah. Um, back in the seventies, that watch cost uh, about fifteen hundred dollars USD. So with inflation, it's about ten thousand dollars. The gold one. That's the uh, no, just the standard version P two. Is it because quartz when it appeared was kind because of a that, new thing and uh, that, expensive? Because I, I heard the gold one when it came out was apparently one of the most expensive watches in the, in the in, on the market. Well, the silver one was fifteen hundred dollars in the seventies. Okay, yeah, right. So with inflation, that's today. It's for about just under ten thousand dollars USD. Wow. The gold one could be way more expensive. I don't know. I didn't look for the gold one. I'll, I'll look it up here, but yeah, go ahead. Um, it was expensive because at that time, it was such a big leap forward in technology, right? And I, I was reading some articles and they were saying it's like people were buying that watch like people are buying iPhones today. You're yeah. just buying the new one because it's the latest and greatest. So people were buying that watch was because it was the latest and greatest technology. Right. So I just found it here. The original Hamilton Pulsar computer was announced in 70. It's most expensive came two years before the watch was sold. When it was released, the gold case, solid gold, 2100 bucks. At the time, more than a gold Rolex. Mm-hmm. God damn. More than a gold Rolex. Not just Rolex, gold Rolex. Yeah, so 2100 It was so hot. <laughs> so the Hamilton so, so then followed the gold right watch with gold filled at 1275 and the steel cases at 275 So if we were to say 275 in the 70s, keep going, I'll check it out. Yep. Um, so funny enough, it was named the Pulsar, and that's why they named it the PSR because it was the closest thing they can get to Pulsar without getting sued. It's about two thousand bucks, by the because, way. Because um, they they sold uh, the Pulsar name to Seiko. That's right, because Seiko, of course, did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so since then, uh, Hamilton has to use the PSR for their own creation and re-edition of that watch. Oh. Um, quick spec. So <laughs> there's no name for the movement. They just call it Quartz at Hamilton. It was fun like that on their website. Um, the case size, it's 40.8 millimeters by 34.7. So it's a, it's a bigger watch. Stainless steel, the crystal, it's a sapphire crystal. Yeah, it's and it's sapphire. like outside of the case. Yeah. It's really, really thick. It's like a big, the Billow Lunar Pilot. Uh, it's a little bit boxier than that. The Bilova, you know, yeah. yeah, the Bilova, you see it, right? Yeah. But the um, on the uh, PSR, it's Boxy. really it's really outside of the case. Yeah, and you, can oh, see, really? you can see the actual angles of the, of the box crystal to it. Yeah. You know what it kind of looks like? Like uh, my Hoyer Monaco. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes out box. It's like a box sapphire crystal. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Right. Uh, lug width, it's 24 millimeter lug. And it's 10 bar water resistance. So uh, not bad. It's uh, pretty good for uh, <laughs> space. For shallow swimming pools it's and also, uh, space. Yeah, but it's also a really cool watch as well, it is, right? It's big though. Is That's it similar the to the... It's 40 millimeters. Yeah. But is it's, it similar it's to the Pulsar... Uh, which uh, which other, what's the other brand that we were that you own? Gorilla Cosmonauta. Gorilla Cosmonauta. It's a little bit. You thicker. have to press the button to see the time, right? This oh, one so is it kind of as an always on thing. Well, oh, so really? you, you you see it, but like at night you won't see it. There's a button you press once, and you'll you know, there's a back uh, backlit. And fun fact, uh, Hamilton was quoting their battery for a full year of usage. Yeah, and that was if a customer was using the backlit to up to twenty five times a day. Yeah, so once an hour, right? But people were so. Because you don't sleep. People were so. <laughs> people you were so. Wake up every hour. Up, and up, 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 people were so thrilled to use their watches 
that they were depleting the battery within a month. Right. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's like it's like getting the first iPhone, right? Yeah, you should too. Exactly. Everyone. It's like, oh my god, I, I I like I have no buttons on my screen. It's just, it's all screen. It's it's probably that. Yeah. So I'm yeah. Sure that thing so people quickly. were uh, were um, going back to ret- uh, retailers of Hamilton, saying that the battery was only lasting a month. But with a with a quick study, they figured out that people were just showing it so much right. and using it so much right. that the 12 month battery quote came down to 30 days. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's like sense. 25 if you're normal, or you know, one month if. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So what we're saying is, if you buy a PSR, you're kind of. Re- yeah. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends. So that was my first one. Uh, right now, those one, I think they go for about 700 bucks. 795 bucks. Yeah, I saw it. Mm-hmm. US, it's about 1,000 Canadian. Yeah. Okay. And I was looking uh, at it. How much was the tuna? The tuna was a th- uh, 1,300 uh, Canadian. Okay. 1,200 Canadian. Yeah. Okay. So uh, first pick. It's a good pick. Nice. Cool. Dima. Cool, cool. Very cool watch. Uh, the first pick, the first brand that I'm going to go with is Yema. So it's a French, small French brand. I mean, they've never really gotten big, even though I think they've survived the Coors crisis quite well, but they still stayed. Did they survive the, or they got rebought and opened? Not sure. I'll check. Go ahead. I'm not sure. So the, the company was started in 1948 by Henry Louise Belmont, and they um, they never really, I don't believe that they've ever gotten uh, to become a big brand. They were always more focusing on this, let's say, a very... Um, a very niche market, and they were cooperating quite a bit during the history with different, um, with the the in, in different sports, let's say, uh, including yacht racing, including car racing. Uh, they cooperated with the French, uh, f- with the French Navy, to produce custom watches. And the watch that I'm going to go with is called one second. It's called the the Yema Rally Graph, and it's the reverse panda because they have different variations of this watch. So it's a it's a racing chronograph that comes on the mesh strap, and uh, this watch is a mecha quartz. So for anybody who doesn't know, mecha quartz is kind of like a hybrid movement um, that has the watch itself is powered by a quartz movement. So the second hand will tick like in the quartz movement but the chronograph function is powered by a mechanical movement that's but the movement itself is also powered by the battery that's so right. that's why you get the smooth operation of the chronograph but the the, the watch itself is operates with the quartz right so it's a, it's an interesting way because it, it it gives you a perception of like owning a mechanical watch at the same time you can afford a chronograph that is a lot cheaper than a mechanical looks like they did survive it by the way they did eh? they were around yeah. the whole time yeah. is there any big brand using uh, mecha quartz Seiko Okay, it's a Seiko. Yeah, they movement. use a Seiko movement, actually. I think. Okay, I'll um, I'll confirm. Your Seiko SNA four eleven. It's a Seiko VK sixty four V. Okay. V something. Uh, yeah. That VK sixty four something or yeah. something else. Um, yeah, it's a Seiko. I'm looking it up. It's Seiko V VK sixty four exactly. <laughs> so, this specific watch, uh, this specific watch, um, was introduced in nineteen. Uh, I think it's nineteen sixty six. It's the first year they've invented the rally graph, and uh, it was famous quite a bit because Mario Andretti. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys have heard of that name before. Yeah, the he's famous F1 Nintendo driver. Game. Yeah, nope. exactly. Oh, sorry, IndyCar. <laughs> he likes. Um, he was wearing it for a while. I, I'm assuming that at that point, the uh, watch companies were sponsoring drivers because around that time, like the Steve McQueen was wearing the Monaco. Well, tell people who Mario Andretti was. Mario Andretti is an F1 driver. That's right, and IndyCar as well. Yes, he won 111 victories, including the Daytona 500, Indianapolis 500, and a Formula One World Championship. Pretty baller. So 
Window. Yeah, this watch, this watch is a 39 millimeter watch, 13 millimeter stick, 20 millimeter, 20 millimeter lug. Fuck, it's nice, huh? It's Jeez. beautiful, and they have different variations of colors. Like I'm choosing the one that's reverse, or Evil Panda. Uh, it's 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 beautiful. Um, it's 10 bar water resistant. Yeah, which is excellent, right? Because 10 bar pretty much allows you to kind of maybe take it, wash dishes and wash dishes and take take you a shower. Go swimming. It's not that dangerous. Like the PSR. But one of the best parts yeah. about this watch is that this watch is like 400 <laughs> bucks. Yeah. That's it. it. it w- you get a beautiful watch from a, like a very respectable French company for a very, very decent amount of uh, money. It's really, really, really a good deal. Fun little story to tell. Yeah. And their whole collection, they have chronos, they have divers, they have, uh, they have pilots, watches, everything, right? Like, I, I gotta say, when you look at what they what they have, they just hit the jackpot with color variations all the time. It's beautiful; they're beautiful. Yeah, they're the Mario fun. Andretti one special watch. It has like a carbon fiber back, but uh, and on the dial with two vertical red stripes going through. Hmm. Right. Also looks good, and they all all of the chronographs come on those nice nice uh, mesh straps. So. Uh, Awesome. Perfect. That's nice. my first pick. Oh, and you can put them on anything, right? You could choose the watch band you want. You could put a black leather, uh, well, leather perforated strap. Yeah. Really excellent watches. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my pick. Uh, Good pick. Karen. Good pick. So, I'll go next. Um, let's see the next one. What else do you need? I put in a saturation diver. You're also going to need a um, dress watch. So, I went with uh, something new that I got. And it's called. Walden Heritage. So Walden is a privately owned American. The the story of this watch is what I really like. Walgreens. Yeah. Walden is a privately owned American watch company founded by someone named Oscar Walden in 1979. But what's crazy is the story that comes with it. So Oscar Walden was a watchmaker from Poland and he was uh, imprisoned in not one, but two concentration camps during the World War, uh, World War II in Buchenwald and in uh, Thierenstad. This guy knows. Um, in the <laughs> Czech Republic. So, so what happens is that Walden, to save his own life in the concentration camps, he started to fix and repair and service the watches for from the Nazi guards and their jewelries. And he was actually an apprentice underneath or apprentice to a guy in the camps named Manik. And he learned and continued to refine his watchmaking skills. And what he did was he eventually survived uh, the concentration camps. And he ended up leaving and making his way over to um, the United States. And he really is the story of, I guess, perseverance or success. The American dream, whatever you want to call it. Holy shit. Or terrible luck. But like, yeah. And like perseverance, really. And then he opened a company called... Um, Walden. If you look them up, uh, he started the brand in his own names. He worked in selling them with with Vempe, Tiffany's, Tourneau. He ended up buying a whole bunch of Zenith El Primero movements, shoving them in his watches, building them out of platinum and gold. And then what he did was, <clears throat> and they sell for many, many, many thousands of dollars. Unfortunately, in 1980, he died. And his son took over the company 19, what did I say, 1980? Yeah. 2018. Yeah, because I, I was going to ask you, <laughs> they started in 1979. Yeah, what was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he came and immediately died. No, he died in 2018 and his son uh, took over the, the organization. And one of the first things he did was he wanted to create um, um, 
a affordable um, line to the, the Walden watches because all the watches are many, many tens of thousands of dollars. So this watch, using the Wald, uh, Walden Heritage, he built, he built a line called the Walden Heritage. So if you look at them, they're very, very cool, vintage-inspired-looking watches. They retail for $290. Right. Um, and in it, they also say we want something that's well-made in America, the the movement in it is the AmeriCorps, which is the same movement that they put in the Timex documents. It is based oh, out really? of an Arizona-based company called Fine Timepieces Solutions, made in the USA, domestic and imported components. So this is the whole idea. They're trying to stress an, a, an American-type watch. So this watch, for 300 bucks, has a really great story behind it. It sits really, really well at 40 millimeters, 8.6 millimeters thick. 50 meters of water resistance, uh, an America Quartz caliber 70200, sub-second in there, and they have dials in stark white, off-white, black. And the one I took is the racing green. I don't have much green in there, but I thought it'd be fun. And a little handmade Italian strap, but you're looking at 20 meters of water, uh, 20 meters, is it 20 millimeters? 20 meters, 20 millimeters. Yes, it's a 20 millimeter lug width. Uh, so it's a strap monster. You can put it on anything. So if you want to... Uh, Get something a little bit unique, fun. The specs are really nice too. The specs are really nice, and it's you know, it's, and it's a little bit unique. You know, um, I like the story behind it. Uh, so that was a really good find that I I think I was that I discovered too, and I really liked it. And if you can have a little dress watch in your collection, I mean, I would go with something with a little bit of story behind it. So, so that's why I went with the Walden so Heritage. W- Walden is like where's Waldo, but with an N, right? Sure, whatever helps you learn, Carl. Yeah. You can use colors <laughs> as a reference. What sounds? <laughs> you can use uh, onomatopoeia. Like, you know you know the planets? Uh, I know some, not all. Like <laughs> That's how they get you. <laughs> so, like, what's, <laughs> they? what's the planets? Uh, what is it called? The others. Is it onomatopoeia? I don't even know. You, you well, know. Pluto's not there anymore, so. No, it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he's still there. Just they don't talk so, to him. It's not a planet anymore. No, what's what do you what's the, the, the thing? If you use a word to to remind you, no, onomatopoeia is not that. That's when the, all the continent were together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, onomatopoeia. I think it's like using sound. It's like ding dong. That was Pangea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, what about a pay is like say ding dong, I think. It's like using the sound word to say a sound. Yeah, but what what's the thing with the planets? What uh, like the planets has a they 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 rotate around the sun? I don't know. No, when you, to remember in space. But to remember the the word. A mnemonic, know. mnemonic device, right? Right. Yeah, well, trust you on this. So Carl, do you want to talk about your... <laughs> like No, but it's something like my very educated mother. Is she? Just, I don't know. Just... Uh, God damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. No, but it's my very, it just served us noodles there. I found it. Okay. Wow. That's <laughs> very racist. My very educated mother just served us noodles. I keep it in French. What it would be? Uh, what is it? Mars, Venus, t- Terre, la planète Terre. Alors c'est ma. C'est le Soleil, Mercure. Et, and le Soleil, c'est pas une planète. The, sol, the Sun is not a planet; it's a star. Okay. And uh, Tonko? 
What? Ton, ton cool. <lacht> ton cool. Du. <lacht> so. Okay, watch podcast, guys. Ja, ja, ja. So all this started because you asked me what? Waldo, Walden, innocent, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. <lacht> the look of disgust. Help you remember. Anyway, if you want to read it up, the story of Walden watches is pretty interesting. Yeah. Cool. So, my next pick, um, I think it's a watch that you own as well. <laughs> the uh, Acutron from Bulova, Space View. Yes, but there's multiple ones. I have the, you, yeah, I'll go get it if you want. If you want. As long as you leave. <laughs> Anything. I'll be back. To get you to we'll leave. get beer at some time. And we're back. Carl, yes. before you have to stop to go to the bathroom. Don't take shit. <laughs> 46 minutes later. <laughs> we have to sanitize uh, the, it, it, the it's whole a, it's place. An, it's next day for people at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, just so everyone knows, the confinement is now broken. We're now... We were in a province where we shut everything down, right? We were all uh, stuck at home. We couldn't see yeah, anyone. Yeah, and, and now we have 5G right to your arms as well. Exactly. So we're That's why it sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, sound quality is because of that. Better internet. It's also made me <laughs> electrostatic. Take us to your pick, Carl. <laughs> uh, so the Bulova Acutron Space View. And you have the T view, T version, the Model T. Like the Ford? Yeah, I like guess. Mr. Mr. T. <laughs> Ice T. Ice T, yeah. Um, so the thing is, I was looking into it because it's really, um, like, it, it's a beautiful watch to look at, right? It's like a open heart, right? A skeleton eyes, like you'd say. Skeleton eyes, yeah. And so you see the, the movement, if even if it's the movement, it's like the, like the, uh, 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 like the, the bobbin, the, um, the coils. The coils, thank you. <laughs> uh, the coils and everything uh, behind the watch, there's even like the, most of them are, have like a kind of a green plastic finish that can find yeah. in some circuits. They are that. They are the plastic, yeah. So it's it's really, really specific. And like Dima was saying uh, off air, is uh, you cannot replace those watches. It's the only one that looks like that. Right. right. There's no other version of those things. So there is a guy out there <laughs> I have uh, his website and linked into my article there. Which one? Uh, Unwinded Time. Go for it. I'm not talking. <laughs> well, no, no, article? it's good because I had experience. I bought a couple of watches from him. I want to hear about it because I, I just, I was about to say that he's pretty much the the guy for that watch. And yes. I, I, I saw that he learned from... Jerry Harkless, so from Rene Rondo. Exactly, right? Who learned from the guy who pretty much did the like, oh, blueprint. Ron yeah, right? Rene Rondo was like the man. When it came to these movements, there literally, there was literally a person, literally... Who didn't work and Perkins? Yeah, he was hired by Hamilton because he knew so much about it. They go, we want you to write up a write a book. We want you to um, document, archive, generate, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, the information so it could last based on these movements, mm -hmm. right? And I got the book when I bought my Hamilton Rose Pacer, right? But Jared Jared Harkless, Unwinding Time. Very legit. This guy's great. And he's a member and he stands behind his work. And he's really yep. awesome. Beautiful website as well. well. Shout out to him. We'll uh, copy him to this episode. Yeah. So um, I was looking into that. Beautiful watch. 35 millimeters in diameter. 40, milli 40 millimeters lug to lug for the version I was looking at. It's not the gold case. Uh, there's no crown. The, the, for just time, the crown is in the case back. Okay. Um, it, it's really nice. But the thing is, when I was re reading into that, I fell like into the rabbit hole and I started reading about the electrostatic space view. That's a 2020 uh, release. Love it. Uh, and, and that watch is, it's crazy. It's even more intricate when you look at it. There's like turbine into it. Yeah. It, it's really, yeah. it's the same vibe, but different look. And this kept that green from the plastic, from the circuit board, but now it's like metal, it's ionized green. Right. It, you know what? For me, it was like, 
home run. They hit it out of the park to keep the same design language, yeah. but have a new watch, right? And that movement is insane. Movement or mechanism at that point, right? Yeah. So I just quick, quick. I I still think it's a movement. Even if it's a quartz movement, right? Yeah. Like it's still a, it's it is quite an impressive movement. It's a big watch though, eh? Yeah. Um I don't have the It's like 44, 45 millimeters. Yeah, little. but when you have something beautiful like that, you you want to yeah, be as And you know the thing is that, and just anyone listening out there when you when you look it up, it's not Bulova. It's, it's Accutron it's watch. Accutron space view. It's the this yeah. they went but, up you know, branched out, right? The the Bulova fork is based on the Accutron movement. Yes. Right? Uh, so no, no, so Accutron was like they're before Bilova? No, no, it's not a separate extent? company. But they, they, I think for their branding, they wanted to, mm-hmm. to branch out. And I, I really like this watch. And I, mm-hmm. was, I, I would probably get it. Yeah, it's four thousand yeah. dollars. The base version. No, it's like yeah, it's like four thousand. <laughs> <laughs> There's the limit, and I like the base one more than the limited. Right, the limited has that green. It's I think it's a little bit too much. It's like six Gs, and there's the full gold is like twenty. Forty five hundred. Forty five hundred. Sorry, it's forty five. Forty five. Mm. Forty five hundred for the green one, and the and yeah. the regular space one is is four thousand. But it's like, oh, should I get the limited? Just because it's limited, but I think they're all going to be pretty limited. Yeah. So, so the Acatron Electro. Uh, oh, sorry, forty three point five. Sorry, fifteen point nine millimeters thick. It's a cool fucking watch, though. It's really cool. It's beautiful. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um. So, the Acatron electrostatic movement. Um, the the energy ba- uh, created from that movement is pretty much there's two turbines when you look at the dial. Uh, and there's ro- rotors inside those dials. So when they call it human motion, but like just when the watch moves, pretty much. Yeah. Um. The difference in speed between those two rotors create electrostatic energy and create pretty much like electricity from a battery. Right. And that's what they use to uh, in, uh put energy into the movement and give you time and all, all those things. There's two motors in that watch. Yeah. yeah. So so two turbine, two motors, and, and it's the first watch to ever have that into this. So one of the mo- motor is to uh, it's a step motor. So it's the hours and the minutes. Right. And the other one, it's a um, fluid motor for the uh, second. So okay. So it's a motor for hour minutes and a different type of uh, motor for the second. Then. It's a fluid motor. So it's fluid. <laughs> um, there's a power saving function in that watch. So to ensure power saving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so the watch technically will should not stop moving. Given as a nice story about that, I'll let him talk about it after that. Um, the second ends stop. Um, at 12 o'clock after five minutes of non-activity. So if you let the watch stay for five minutes on your table, in drawers, the seconds stop moving Right at 12. And when you pick up back that watch, it'll after five seconds of movement, it's going to gain back some speed and like race to the position it should be yeah, and my, give you the my, right time. My Longines, very high precision. VHP. By VHP used to do that. It would just stop and everything go to 12. Or it was 12. And then we pick it up and shake it. Boom. It'll no, I don't even think what you do is you pull out the crown to the first position, not all the way out. And then mm-hmm. it would just, it would all put go to 12. Yeah. And then we'll come back to the so exact second. That electrostatic movement, if it stopped moving, what do you have to do, Kevin? No, no. <laughs> so what I was reading about was that essentially if that movement, if you, you buy it and you shove it in a safe and it stays powered down for an excessive amount of time, something like a year or something. You will not be able to jumpstart it. You'll have to send it back to Japan to the factory for them to jumpstart it because it can't be done by you. Is that something free of charge? I think they're kind of want you to wear it within the year. At least shove it in a fucking watch winder. You know, it's probably better. So you have to shake it, kind of a little bit, right? To, there, to make sure. Yeah, it yeah. Stop? It uses the your your hand, your kinetic movement to uh, 
to create the electro what they call human motion but just the watch moving yeah yeah exactly human motion regular yeah. uh but yeah it's so different It is different. Oh, yeah, it stands it's so out. so nice. And you know, I've never seen the Accutron 2020. Well, it came out 2020. Mind you, we've been in COVID. I don't see a lot of... And a lot of people, they just are not willing to spend that price for that watch. Yeah, I mean, what it's can a you, lot. $3,500. And it's not... Like, what can you get for $3,500? A lot. A lot. It's $4,000 Canadian. A lot. Actually, yeah, four, four grand for Canadian. New, That's um, Black Bay... I'm not 58, but the yeah. Black Bay. A lot yeah, of vintage but, stuff you can get. Yeah, yeah, but that watch, it's not a only your first watch. That's I, a watch connoisseur who has a lot of watches. And that's why I would get it, you <laughs> yeah, know? No, no, not that I'm a connoisseur, but like, it's not my first watch. You're right. Yeah. You're like Jay Leno of, of, of watches. <laughs> yeah. You're like a garage <laughs> of watches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was my second pick. I kind of glanced over the Space View, the old one, uh, that Kevin has a version of it, the T-Model. But I had to talk about the electrostatic movement from the new And then you got Baboozle. <laughs> yeah, I got Baboozle. <laughs> I love that they even Baboozle. <laughs> Sitting cool, in cool, Memphis, cool. Tennessee, drinking... Uh, <laughs> what? In Italy. In Italy. Bob Dylan. Writing songs about Tennessee. Yeah, when, when did this nonsense, did you get Baboozled, is what you said? <laughs> <laughs> they really got you. They got you, man. That's how they get you. So, um, yeah, that was my second pick. That's a cool good pick. pick. Good pick. I'm going to talk about the company that actually is a parent company to Bulova. Oh, uh, yeah. It's okay. Citizen. Nice. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the lesser, let's say, known, lesser famous Japanese brand. A huge company. Started initially huge. in 1918. Huge. But then uh, I think uh, became Citizen in 1930 and has been making watches for over 100 years. Um, what I wanted to talk about is um, is a, their dress watch line, specifically uh, the Citizen AQ 1020-51E Echo Drive Titanium. So it's a dress watch that looks a lot like a, a Seiko Sarv 33. But what's uh, uh, super interesting about it is that it has a super high precision quartz movement there, caliber A10. Super high. Super high. Eh? <laughs> and, and, and it's okay, I'm Chinese. They're allowed to <laughs> super high. It's <laughs> super <laughs> high. There's a few very interesting things about it. Uh, that watch has a plus minus five seconds per year accuracy. What's, For, a, what's the caliber again? Uh, the car caliber is A010. So uh, there's, a few, there's a few cool things about it. Because it's a high frequency quartz, that's, which is what allows for quartz movements to be more precise. Once you have a high frequency quartz, There are multiple, well, once you have a coarse movement in the first place, to have a very ridiculous precision like plus minus seconds per year, uh, there are multiple different issues that you have to overcome, undercome, overcome. Um, one, of them is, one of them is temperature. So this is, this is a, I can't remember what the name is, the specific name they use it, but this is a thermal quartz. Basically, the thing that makes a quartz watch imprecise is that if you wear it, Uh, it's sensitive to temperature. Right. So if the outside temperature changes, it might affect the, the let's say, the precision of yeah. the of the, uh, the, the the watch. So this is a thermal quartz that is basically uh, it's kind of like a anti-magnetic, but it's anti-temperature, right? So it's it's resistant to different temperature variations. Mm -hmm. Quartz because it's also because for it to be also of such precision, it has to be a high uh, a frequency quartz. I, problems with high frequency quartz is, uh, movements is that they run out of battery faster. Mm. And this one is a solar powered, it's an Echo Drive line of uh, Citizen okay. watches. It's a very, very cool watch, right? Five seconds per year is something that I don't think I've ever seen in watches ever. Um, What was your VHP, uh, Kevin? Like 10 seconds? My VHP was like, uh, hold on. 
So while well, he's I looking, think it was something like ten seconds a year. Really? Eh? Um, yeah. So well, it's I'm no, sorry. It's no citizen. No, no, sorry. <laughs> it's not five. No, the long, my Longis Conquest VHP is accurate to plus or f- minus five seconds per year. Okay, so same. Also, uh, yeah, yeah, that's impressive. I and mean, that was it's probably uh, possible that they're using similar six hundred and ninety nine dollars US. Right, what was that well, one? This one's a bit more that's expensive. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but your solar powered is VHP wasn't. No, it's not. It's a thirty eight <laughs> millimeter case. It weighs eighty gram. It's twelve millimeters thick. It's quite a bit actually for a for a quartz uh, watch, right? Twelve millimeters. My Seiko Alpinist was twelve millimeters thick. Ten bar um, water resistance. It has like the like the spring drive, let's say, power uh, indicator indicator on the dial, uh, which is cool, I think, for a quartz watch too, right? Imagine that that you're able to tell uh, that they are um, like how how much of vitality you left. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention about this watch it's it's full titanium, titanium, and uh, the new one costs about three thousand dollars US. So yeah, so it's as precise as the VHP, but it does give you a lot more. It's like kind of a better metal. It's solar powered. Yeah. Um, it's not Longin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it, like for some people, that's a plus. <laughs> well, if someone's trying to buy the brand name, you yeah. know, the like, only thing about yeah. Citizen, and we haven't really spoken about Citizen uh, yet on our podcast uh, separately, right? Uh, it's just, and I think we should. We all we should. We definitely should. But we all we all. I don't think any of us actually owns a citizen. Nope, I have not, and I have. And not. we asked ourselves that question: it's What just that if we actually oh, a brand that you never owned a piece of? Damn. Yeah. I mean, I I I, I can't name a watch that I like from Citizen. This one, you just choose it for your collection, or you just want to talk you about know, it. You know, I want to talk about it because I, I thought it was a very cool quartz. We'll talk uh, about yeah. it in this, in a, in the other episode, but I think a part of me goes, "That's nice." But I could always get this instead. It's That's like what we, I feel is my always my conclusion. kind of like we always talk about Damasco. I find yeah, I could just get They're a Zin awesome. instead. Yeah, I'll get a Zin. Or yeah. And Citizen, I can't I, I, I saw Nighthawk, like they're either very busy. I just can't go. find to, yeah. to to like something. Mm. The new series eight that's coming out is gonna be interesting. Because that's their uh, if you write series eight, the and they, they haven't come out yet, it's coming out this year. They're integrated bracelets, really well so made. So this is the year of integrated bracelets, it seems, eh? <laughs> I called it, eh? Did I say it? Uh, 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 you called nothing. You know what the worst part is? Everyone, listen, listen to our very first podcast. In the wrist check, I'm wearing an Omega Seamaster from 1977, courtesy of Gerald Genta. <laughs> 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 He's pointing like, at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Gerald Genta was literally in the first episode as well. That's right. And I say... He's in every episode. And I He's said, like the Fort Oost. <laughs> and I said, um, I said uh, integrated bracelet satisfies that very hot. And then we made that so zoom right And then so we, made that, right we said now. that exact joke. <laughs> so... Yeah, this joke is funnier. So the more we you came say full it. circle, we stopped the podcast now. That's right. It was real, guys. It was nice. That's it was not. That Bye. Nice. <laughs> so that's it. That's my second it pick. Real nice. I, I, I just I, I wanted to pick a citizen because we never talk about citizen, and I think they have a pretty uh, they, they 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 have a deserving spot in in the watch community. They're uh, an old company that has some done some interesting let's say things with different movements and. Uh, they have very well-known watches, uh, maybe not to everyone's liking, but they definitely are worth a separate uh, a podcast. Cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 Cool, 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 cool. My next watch is, you're probably wondering, so now I went with a saturation diver, the Seiko SBBN 033, which I'm just holding right now. I really should wear this watch more often. really like it. Uh, summer's here, so 
I brought my coat. I'm going to be wearing this a little bit more. Um, I also talked about a dress watch. Fun for 300 bucks. A, a dress. A dress. It's uh, a lot of fun. A lot of a very fun history behind it. Uh, Strap Monster. Easy for the collection. And really nice down. Now, what if you want some kind of grail? It's a watch that I don't have with me because I don't own it. But is there such a thing that you could have? Is there such a way? Is there such a thing of watches you don't own? No. No, really. <laughs> but is there such a way that if you want to have a watch collection, can you get some kind of grail, some kind of really important watch um, to fill uh, your collection? To fill that your gaps. Is, to fill your gaps. Your crevices. Your crevices. Until Yuck. you're overflowing <laughs> with, you know, satisfaction. Energy. Yeah. Satisfaction. So... The I went with a Rolex Oyster Quartz Datejust, the reference 17013. So this really does have a place, I would say, in it, it, for many enthusiasts. They'll tell you that this watch, uh, any Rolex enthusiast will tell you this is actually a grail. This is something everyone should own. You're looking at a 36 millimeter steel a uh, gold-faced grail watch with nothing else other than an integrated bracelet. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Joe so the rule story, uh, I was like, if I said Joe Gento, I feel like it's not going to fit in your sentence. But <laughs> and, and what's interesting is this watch wasn't even the first uh, quartz watch by Rolex. Uh, it really wasn't. But it really is the, the one to get. Uh, it came out in the late 70s, I think 77. Um, it is. Um, it looks just like a date just. And you're talking about... Uh, an integrated bracelet. And this came out during the time where you had the Nautilus, the Royal Oak, the IWC Ingenieur, the Gérard Perregeau, Laureato, integrated bracelets. And Rolex had put this into their um, their um, role, uh, their date just. And due to what the trend was during the, the quartz crisis, we'll call it, they put in a, a, a quartz movement in it. So you're looking at the... Um, you're looking at a fluted bezel, just like a regular date just. Um, and you're looking at a 100 meters of water resistance. It's a pretty incredible uh, watch unto itself. Is it um, a VHP? Uh, I don't think it gets to that point. So it's it's thermal compensated. It's anti-magnetic. Um, But something I, I want to point out is you said like the versus the normal rolex yeah right so right now i just feel you're like putting this one down in the ladder of like you can have you have this one but you can have the the real version it's not going to see the real version but, but what happens is that these watches will run you if you search for approximately six thousand dollars um in a good condition and the the problem with these with that is that are you going to spend six thousand dollars on a quartz oscillating Rolex versus you can pay $6,000 for a brand new Rolex Oyster Perpetual with much better. Or if you want a two-tone Datejust, a two-tone Datejust, 36 millimeters, you can probably get it for about six, seven, eight thousand. 8,000 that has a, a movement that has a little bit more, we'll say, soul. But it doesn't have that integrated bracelet. It doesn't have the uniqueness. And if you're going to build a watch, and let's be honest, some people believe in, I just want a quartz movement. I want it grab and go. And they want nothing but quartz. And I'm okay with that. I think that's fine. 
this is the one to get. If you're going to build a watch with collection with quartz, this is a, a proper grail, vintage grail. And yeah, I know one of you are going to talk about Grand Seiko at one point. That's fine. And even Citizen like you did, with the, or the Citizen Chronomaster, which is also Citizen's the most accurate quartz move in the world. Some people appreciate that. I think that's cool. The Citizen Chronomaster is 2600 bucks, and that is the most accurate quartz watch in the world. You could pay 2600 bucks and literally get the best of something in the world. That's impressive. That's that's pretty cool to that accessible, right? So anyway, this watch was produced, this world back to the Rolex was produced between 77 and, and up to 2001. And I think there were about 30,000 units that were generated at that time. Uh, but I think it's it, this watch is very unique. Um, and 30,000 units a year or overall? Overall, I think of okay. this watch, yeah. Right. Um, and it's 30,000 units. So if you can get one of those out of the, I don't know, millions of units of Rolex came out during that time as well, between 77 and 2001. It's pretty cool to get one yeah. of these as well, well. Right now they're pushing 1.5 million a units. year. Yeah. Rolex? Or is a million. I thought it was a million, yeah. yeah 1.1? It's more Maybe, than a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's 1.5. Yeah, probably. I just remembered there were 500,000 units more than the second position. <laughs> Uh, no, I think it's like three, four hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. Right. Omega right. is like seven hundred. That's what I mean. Yeah. So if they're one point one, it's like four hundred thousand units. Yeah. Breitling has a shit ton too. Um, I know Rolex was the first one in the numbers of units. After that yeah. was uh, Omega. Yeah. Omega, 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 Omega. Yeah. It's the, I've seen it in the in the Casino Royale. He said Omega. Oh, eh? He's Omega. He yeah. says Omega, and I'm curious. As to I, I'm sure that's Omega that asked them to say that, right? It's such a product placement that we wouldn't fuck up the, the name. Maybe they would. <laughs> was it the but one? But it could be a fantastic marketing move because it makes you talk but about he made, it. But right? you know, there is, what was shitty, I thought, is that there was a marketing move in James Bond where he gets offered a, mart what do you like to drink, a martini or something, and then he asks for a Coke. He doesn't get a martini, he asks Th for There was an ad that was in the movie. No, there's a, there, he was literally product placement for Coca-Cola and James Bond, the last one or something like that. He asks for the a last one's not Coke. out yet. The last one that came out. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> for some fucked up knowledge, huh? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Fuck you, Pangea. <laughs> Hold on. Hold uh, on, James Bond, Coca-Cola. <laughs> I think it was an ad. It's not in the movie. Yeah, I don't remember that. You're mixing movie. things up. Oh my God. Did you make like a, did you watch like a Mexican remake? <laughs> She's so mad. A Russian one when James Bond is the bad guy. <laughs> Of course it is. <laughs> you remember in the movie uh, uh, podcast that was the best joke of it. <laughs> and when you watch James Bond in Russian, it's a it's a, it's a horrible drama. They always the Russian guys always die. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> the enemy always wins. Okay, so uh, my turn, I guess. Didn't he do No Time to Die? Yeah, that's the one he did, right? That's the one that's coming out. Yeah, that's what's it coming out. It's not out yet. Okay, well they do. The, they dump gallons of Coca Cola on him. That's a weird Is it like a wet t-shirt? Is this like a wet t-shirt? It's like a sticky Daniel I'm Craig. so <laughs> tuning into that. Oh. I'm so sold. <laughs> People at home, like, even just remove his t-shirt. He's like really sweaty right now. <laughs> remove my t-shirt, remove my pants. <laughs> it's a onesie you're wearing, right? See, I'm writing Coke and it corrects it to cock. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> So for people at home, that beep was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so next, next, uh, you finished with your Rolex. 
You're done with your grill? Yeah, well, ultimately, you know, just my, my final thoughts on that is... Um, it's a Rolex that squirts. It's only 30,000 units. It's a, no, it's a... Co- <laughs> bye, it's bye, a, bye. It's a collector's watch. So it's cor- uh, quirky and charismatic, but it is a collector's watch. So, yeah, that's the, my pick. Mm. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I'm going with something that's... Um, I wouldn't say basic, <laughs> but I've seen on a lot of wrists. Like in in uh, my lifetime, my short short span of a life. So the wristwatch. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's the Tag Heuer uh, Formula One, the, the quartz um, quartz watch. So I'm guessing this automatic as well. It's 43 millimeters. And side note, uh, when I was looking on Tag website, I was like, ah, should I buy a Tag? I think I, I should own a Tag at some point. I was looking into it, and they're all kind of big. Because <laughs> you want to be like an F1 driver. Yeah. Well, they're all over 40 millimeters, right? The only 239s there was on the website were limited edition. Like Grow they- some wrists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just go, go grow some wrists. Don't be such a... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, if you're on a 39 millimeters with um, tag, you need to pay $10,000. <laughs> so... That's uh, that's not cool. Is for it them. because of the movement? What's the reason? Because the, this they're, one they're talking about they're, is the quartz, right? Yeah, yeah. But like all the tag on the website right now, they're all forty or plus millimeters. Interesting, size, right? Why the only two thirty nines they have, both of them are limited edition. One is the Montreal hundred and sixtieth edition Cara, and the other one is the Cara line uh, right. special edition. It's green dial, right? And the, the two only one they're in thirty nine millimeters. Like I would, if I had to own a tag, I would like a Cara thirty nine, but they're really expensive <laughs> um really expensive and and you would want to get the tag right i mean they're nice really nice watches but i kind of I, I always actually it's an oil right because mm-hmm. that's why I, I mean maybe i'm wrong but i never really kind of we should do another podcast i think just about uh tag Technique because, avant-garde. <laughs> just because because i i kind of assume that everything that's a, a a vintage piece doesn't say that doesn't say tag on the, on the watch right on the dial it's only where yeah, like o- the Monaco, Octavia, right? Monaco doesn't say OER. The Otavia doesn't say tag. Sorry, Monaco doesn't say tag. Or, or um, <laughs> Otavia doesn't say tag. And the Carrera doesn't say tag either. Yeah. So I'm assuming those are vintage pieces that are just kind of grandfathered in mm-hmm. from from the days before they were yeah. purchased by tag, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so the uh, tag for Formula One is inspired by Formula One, but there's... Uh, oh, yeah. There's, <laughs> That's what they said on the website. Uh, even if they all were Richard Mille <laughs> or RWCs, um, so it's uh, the classic uh, oversized twelves and six on mm-hmm. the Sunray blue dial. For the um, reference, I have that's super long that I'm not going to say on the podcast. But if you go on the website, that's the first one you're going to see for sure. Um, it's the orange lacquered uh, central end for the uh, second. It's a flat sapphire crystal, and there's a 60 minute unidirection uh, bezel in matte aluminium. Uh, and they have um, like easy grip trademark cut on it. <laughs> That's really important then for uh, highlighting that. And everything is super luminova as well. Uh, the um, index and the um, hour and uh, minute hands. Right. So it's twelve hundred bucks Canadian new. It's pretty. Are you asking me? No, oh, I was looking <laughs> in my notes. I, I was asking myself. <laughs> Uh, at 43 millimeters, uh, thickness is 11.5, and it's 200 uh, meters water resistance. It's pretty good overall watch, I think. Pretty it good. does offer you uh, a lot of brand history, uh, quite normal design, let's Would say. Would you buy it? Not this one. Not me. But I think in a quartz collection, that could make a lot of sense. Right? And it's re- relatively affordable for a new watch as well. Right. Right? For a big brand like Tag. 
Like everyone know, I think after Rolex, I think Tag Warrior is the second biggest easy recognizable watch brand. A lot of people yeah, know what true. the Tag logo they is. They were super marketed back in like late nineties, early two thousands, right? All oh, the athletes had the right, tags. Sixties, seventies, it was in every race car. I wasn't around then. So but the nineties, Tag Warrior had a moment. Not the Hoyer was sponsoring everybody. In the 60s, yeah. Tag Hoyer was everywhere. Tiger mm. Woods. Mm. DiCaprio still wearing Tag Hoyer, right? It's like a big thing. So, um, yeah, a quick, uh, quick pick on my side for the Tag. Cool, it's cool, a cool. Good choice. Uh, it's, it's an interesting watch brand. I kind of need to. Uh, I'm surprised that you put Tag, it. you know? Why? Because uh, he hates Tag in a lot of ways. <laughs> I find he hates Tag a lot. <laughs> like, only tag. two Tags I want are really expensive and limited edition for no apparent reason, just be, be beside fucking. Yeah, you also have weird picks. You also pick like the most limited fucking obscure thing ever that costs a million dollars. But like the. Wouldn't you? He picked that second second. I still can't get over <laughs> that fucking thing. Putting fucking Nintendo <laughs> graphics on my watch. <laughs> Expensive watch. Yeah, it's you so take an nice. expensive Rolex that's impossible to get, and you just put a, like it a up. pixelated yeah. Yeah. seconds hand in it. It's, it's hard. It doesn't it's look art, real. man. You don't get it. I, I couldn't even find the videos online where I was trying to see how it looks. Just pictures. I'm like, pictures look like it's oh, like a video. So at least it's from many different angles because it looks photoshopped. Right? It looks photoshopped. Yeah, picture, yeah, absolutely. It's art, man. You just don't get it. You just don't get it. I mean, that's the second second is an artist, man. He's from France. And are you Can't an artist from France? No. Look at my face. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Dima. All right. Okay. So you uh, are next. I'm going to depart from big brands, and I'm going to go for for a brand that I'm I've been looking at for a, for a bit uh, lately. Uh, it's a it's a very small brand, micro brand called Unimatic. They are from Italy. Italia. Yes. Are they from Memphis? Italy? They know no, from Memphis. <laughs> They're from Memphis. They're from okay. Memphis, Tokyo. So the company started in 2015 by two guys. Uh, I don't want to pronounce their names because I'm going to definitely butcher the pronunciation. Come on, do, do, it, try. do it, do it. Yeah, try Benicio. <laughs> so uh, the company started uh, by the two guys from Milan, uh, Giovanni Moro and Simone Nunziato. That, that, was, that was the tough good. word. That was very yeah, good. That sounded that. very good. So Simon, he, Simon he was just Nunes. scared that the words would come out and sound like Hitler. <laughs> Goddamn, or Mussolini. <laughs> Mussolini. <laughs> and we've descended. We're like that internet where you go searching two clicks yeah, and you're two clicks away from like, a big black holocaust. By the way, when you edit the episodes, are the beeps free? Because <laughs> at some point it's going to cost us. <laughs> like it just keeps accumulating. Uh, it's, only, it's only my time, so yeah, it is kind of free. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's fine then. So, Nuti Mussolini, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's a brand by two guys. They were they were studying at the same university. It's the Italian uh, Polytechnic University studying in the industrial design in Milan. They met there. They started producing. Uh, well, they, they started the micro brand. I don't know if they did a Kickstarter or not, but the company is only five years old. <laughs> the, the way you said it, I just like in my head it was like two guys in the university. Like, hey, you want to do a watch? Yeah, <laughs> me. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Yeah. Like, oh, they just high five. They pause as they high five. They they pause like, eh, and then like some music starts playing. It's <laughs> like they went to university you and they touch. start producing uh, watches. Uh, uh. Yeah, that is. They made some watches. <laughs> hey, you, me, want to do a watch? Oh my god! Yes. How did you know? <laughs> Would you like some lasagna? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so in 2015, they started producing watches. Their first, the first and perhaps most famous one so far. It looks, it looks, it's called Modelo Uno. 
Uh, <laughs> we'll call it, I don't know. Model one. One. I was thinking A, but we'll go with what? <laughs> the uh, uh, it's a diver that they produced it. They they make watches that are very utilitarian. Mm-hmm. They look super over engineered, but at the same time they have this very unique design that kind of makes them stand out quite a bit. I find it's industrial look. Yeah. Design, industrial yeah. design for Milan, <laughs> <laughs> Memphis, <laughs> Italy. <laughs> so, the watch that I'm picking it's another Mecca Quartz, and I think it's ha- it has the same Seiko VK64 movement. It's a, it's basically a diving chronograph. Uh, I'm gonna show the guys what it looks like. It's a uh, almost oh, yeah, blanc page. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. And, and I'm far. <laughs> It yeah, looks like far. nothing you've ever seen. So this watch is 300 meter water resistance, 40 millimeter case, right? 13.7 millimeters thick. It's very, very compact, let's say, for a, for a watch with that depth rating. Uh, it has a mecha quartz movement. Um, I think there's something special on the case back, if I'm not rem- that I recall. So yes, so that's, that's, that's a good point. So that case back, um, that case back has an engraving uh, a world timer. So right. it has basically like my 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 uh, Raketa world timer, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it has different cities. It's not rotating or anything, yeah, but yeah. it's an engraving of where everything is yeah. in relation to each other. Obviously, not uh, you, 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 it's not usable, but it's a cool engraving. Yeah, and uh, it's a, exactly that. It's a VK sixty four accuracy plus twenty minus second uh, twenty seconds a month. It's also anti magnetic, and it only costs five hundred twenty five USD. So for like somebody who kind of wants to buy themselves, get get into a micro brand and buy themselves something. Um, that looks like a beater, but it's a nice, unique, and with a cool design. Uh, this is, I think, a good idea. And also, this I think is a, a is a limited edition of six hundred watches. I so think they got they, they they blew up because they got picked up now by uh, Hodinky Dink. <laughs> yes, they sell them now. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember discovering them. You know where I discovered them was on that website. So it's like Pornhub. <laughs> always, everything's from there. <laughs> TurboTax <laughs> groceries <laughs> groceries it's really tough to buy fresh, that's how I became fresh produce <laughs> that's how I became a vegan was through Porto <laughs> wow oh yeah 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 really yeah they, they, they use meat quite uh, de- deliberately on their website no it's true and even if you you know if you're watching <laughs> a you lot of meat <laughs> a lot of the yeah, yeah a lot of meat and you notice that a lot of the the, the black gentlemen are wearing sneakers during the <laughs> so it tells it tells you know it's not sneakers it's Timberlands <laughs> so you get <laughs> So you you get some good ideas to you know stock up. You're like, those are some nice sneakers. <laughs> are those the new Boom. Jays? <laughs> exactly. And people go, hey, where'd you get those sneakers? It's like, do I have a story for you? <laughs> 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 anyway, no, oh I I, I saw I saw Unimatic. Uh, first, it was on Uncrate. Right, year many years I ago. Is a, I create to me sounds like a company that would would uh, post something. Post like this, yeah. so like this tools. is a very Uncrate style. Tool. It's a very yeah. very cool design. Toys for minimal. Guy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's my sec, uh, my third pick actually, and cool. uh, I kind of like this watch. I'm, 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 for some reason, I'm starting to crush on like rugged watches a little bit, but not like rugged like Damasco. I like the ones with the cool design, right? Yeah. The rugged design. Well, they have they have the they have the automatic versions, but they're not the chronographs. Yes, so that cool was too. the Modelo Uno, which yeah. is that uh, a diver that kind of looks like a Rekalorik Submariner. Right. It's also it has a thicker case with an overgeneered. It's not a chronograph; it's an automatic movement. That one is sold out, I think. Mm. Yeah. Dude, what's the second name of the? <laughs> what's the name of the second watch? Modelo tres, <laughs> modelo tres. <A. laughs> <laughs> exactly, modelo A. <laughs> All right. Was the third one? So uh, that's it. Very nice. Last, uh, last round. Last round. I went with another watch that I have. Carl talked about it. Carl loves it. Still has a version of it. I went with the Boulevard Lunar Pilot ninety six A. 
two to five. Yeah, for the early big black clockers, I was calling it the Sailor Moon. The Sailor Moon, yes. Uh, and now we just call Carl stupid. The, <laughs> the <laughs> never change. Sorry, I was gonna say we continue. We continue calling call him stupid. But if I'm not mistaken, that is the episode of Space episode 22 look it up all about space and not how to decorate your condo um yeah it's very nice the unimatic dimitri showing us the, the diver you know what's crazy is that the bezel is totally not functional for timekeeping almost because you just kind of you kind of put the dot where the minute hand is and then you have to look at the actual time right so it's not to track the literal minutes but it's all designed it's well, beautiful you, yeah yeah, you're right. No, it, it can still be used because this is... Uh, of course it can. The reason the reason I'm saying it's, it still can be used, it doesn't have the markings that you have usually on a, on a rotating bezel. That's right. But it has just a dot. But that bezel is rotating, so you can place that dot anywhere you want. And so I said, yeah, on the minute hand. Kind of like, and remember when I was talking about the Hanhart with the big red dot? Not yeah. dot, but the line on top. Yeah. And it's a rotating bezel. So you can also use that for the same exact... Exactly. Precisely. So, yeah. But anyway, back to, to where I was. I was talking about the uh, boulevard the uh the moon watch uh which is very important that we we all uh, respect and understand that it is the the actual moon watch the only moon watch uh that, that was ever made that that's only ever made so uh that's no no the lunar pilot is a modern version of of the watch that made it um uh, an apollo 15 to the moon by some guy named uh, Michael it, Scott. Illegally. They, Michael Scott? They bamboozled their way to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Dave Scott. Dave Scott. His assistant yeah. uh, pilot. Uh, is, is, is still assistant to the main pilot? <laughs> assistant to the main uh, pilot. And, uh, but what was, it bamboozled way to the moon. So essentially, if you listen to the episode, there's a story about it, how it ended up making it to the moon. Because They're all in jail it was, now. It was brought up when it shouldn't have been. And for smuggling. It was being sold um, for many millions of dollars. So Dave Scott was uh, one of the crew members during the Apollo 15 and 71. And uh, after the trials that NASA had, uh, the Speedmaster won the bid to be uh, issued to the astronauts. And um, they were allowed to bring up some personal effects. And um, Nobody brought a PlayStation. Right? Dave Scott so didn't bring exactly. <laughs> Would you bring a dictionary? Why? <laughs> Why did you bring a dictionary? <laughs> you don't know who I'm going to meet up there. I got an iPad. Exactly. <laughs> the most, what would be the most well, useless thing you want to play Candy Crush? Well, you can't. You should have brought an iPad instead of a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> you bring some something really, like really useless to the like, like a wrench. <laughs> Dave no. Scott brought 300 postal cards. These guys. Postcards. Postcards. Yeah. <laughs> did he sell them after? Oh, did he forgot, yeah. That was right? that was the idea. <laughs> the idea. <laughs> These were on the moon. So he brought up the he brought his boulevard, uh that was his provided watch. It was a backup watch to the moon, uh, but it's because the Speedmaster sucks and the crystal popped off. So he said, "Fuck this." Was it? Is it possible that he did it on purpose? Just, it, just that he can sell it sixty years later. <laughs> <laughs> I would have put it past him. He was smart. He sold it for like 1.625 million, right? It's not bad. God damn. So anyway, the, the Boulevard released um, the watch. Um, well, this particular watch, I think, came out a little bit later. But yours, they came out with a re-edition of the proper one that had the brush steel. Yeah. Um, so mine, a little bit different. None of them are proper because mine is the new font. Right. I have the old font, which yeah, is the but nice you don't have the right finish. No, I have the polished one, which is which and, makes and it. I have, and I have a date window, and now? you don't. Was that? I have a date window and you don't. Yeah. Right? I, di I didn't want a date window, exactly. This uh, was the perfect one that I wanted because of that. That's uh, your be second one, right? 
Yes, I had the black one as well. I just didn't have the one that you This had. one doesn't have a date window? No, that's, oh, that's even nicer. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's amazing. With that old font, yeah. Really love this watch. Anyway, so um, the original Bulova would have had a mechanical movement like the Valdru 72, but this one has a quartz movement and it's operating at 260 hertz. So uh, it has um, um, the split second, like you see the split second time, so you can get it to the tenth of a second when you're actually doing the chronograph. Um, so according to the brand, this the Accutron technology was used in 46 missions in the 50s uh, to the 70s. So um, I think what's excellent about this watch is that you're looking at a watch for probably less than 500 bucks Canadian. You get a quarter, uh, quartz chronograph and relatively better i would say than like the seiko vk64 as a movement you know this is 260 oh, words sure. right for sure for sure for right sure. uh and you, the seiko is plus 15 minus 15 seconds like per month exactly and then this watch though um um also has some history behind it which is also pretty cool the fact that it was on apollo 15 no matter how it got up there but you get a little piece of history in time. So like, as you saw from the other watches that I picked, I wanted something that had a little bit of a, a story to each one of the watches. So I had my Walden that has a great story from the, from the what's it called, from the Oscar Walden, the Seiko uh, Tuna that has a long, rich history of behind Seiko, but also why the, the saturation divers were created. I have the Roast, uh, Rolex Oyster Quartz, which also has history, which I don't own, but part of the grail. And this Boulevard Chronograph, which I think could be uh, to a lot of people um, the perfect watch to get into watches as well. Um, a lot of fun. And if, especially if you're into space and exploration, it's great. So that was my final pick. One last tour here. We got Carl. What do you got next? Soundbite. Soundbite, okay. Uh, Grand Seiko SBGP015. It's limited edition of 2000 pieces. For my last one was like the, uh, you were talking about early grail, a Rolex a bit earlier. For me, a quartz early grail would have been this one. So it's the part of the Spark collection, and it's the blue, the blue quartz. It's the the bluest of the the Seiko, the Grand Seikos you can buy right now. Don't they call this the Superman? Because it's blue it's and red. Super watch. No, I'm serious. If you Google Grand Seiko Superman, is this the one that pops up? Enhance. <laughs> SBGH two eighty one. Yeah, is that the one? No, yes, it's it's, it's SBG. P015. Yeah, because it's a quartz. Yes. Yeah, it's the same one. Okay. Yeah, okay. So the Superman? Yeah, well, it's the, the, the Superman line. Yeah, this line, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. SBGH281? Yeah, yeah. SBGP015. Why did they call it that? Because it's uh, blue and red for the second ends. Oh, really? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Ask people on the internet. Anyway, this they, called, yeah. they could call yeah. it France Superman. or something. Yeah. So the Superman Grand Seiko then. And it's a limited edition to 2,000 pieces per month? <laughs> is that, is that no, limited ever. at this point? But a big thing that I wanted to point out is it's a quartz. It's the plus minus 10 seconds a year. Um, but the bezel is a ceramic bezel that's the same color, almost has the same color as a dial. And as per Grand Seiko, they said it's, impervious to scratches we won't be able to scratch that blue bezel want to bet yeah <laughs> how much are you gonna pay me to do this <laughs> um 20 bars uh, water resistance uh, magnetic resistance to sixteen thousand am 
it's the a unit of measurement, I guessing, of mag- mag- magnetic fields. Anti-magnetic. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, forty millimeters and it's twelve point four millimeters thick. Uh, but you know what? Having it, owning a Grand Seiko and a quartz, I think you could go with something that pops a little bit out of their uh, sport line, and that blue with those right. uh, super loom um, indices and ants could be a bit different. Sure. Last one, Dima. Um, last one, okay. Uh, so my last one is more of a joker, kind of uh, just to finish it off. Uh, I'm going with a Breitling Emergency. So that's uh, the most expensive watch. I probably it's probably the most expensive watch today from today's discussion. It's a uh, it's about sixteen thousand US dollars. I'm not sure if they still make it. This watch was featured on Top Gear. They uh, do. They I think they call it the the Endurance Pro now. Maybe under the professional. Maybe line. Uh, maybe not the same exact design no, no, as the, the Emergency. So. Emergency, basically, this is a quartz watch, but what's, what, what makes it so expensive is that it's the world's... I'm sorry, they still make it. It's the world's first wristwatch equipped with an uh, authentic dual-frequency distress beacon. So that beacon is uh, an indispensable safety and survival instrument uh, for adventures. I mean, this is how they position it. <laughs> adventures. Uh, it's all it, an adventure until you're eating your friend. So, so pretty much, <laughs> you, you get stuck on a mountain, middle of the sea. Anywhere. It, in anywhere, Russia. Anywhere in the world. Well, yeah. on the mountain in the middle of the sea. <laughs> what kind of... I said <laughs> in a mountain in the middle of the sea a in mountain. Russia. <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> to the moon. Uh, I mean, apart from this, it, I mean, uh, the beacon itself, the service is ridiculously expensive. So if you're not familiar with the with emergency, it, uh, it's, it's basically, um, it, it's the quartz-powered watch that has, a, it's a, what they call it the super quartz, thermocompensated quartz electronic, which is something that I've discussed when I was talking about the, the Citizen watch. It's super high precision quartz itself, COSC certified, which is probably not something that you need to mention at this level because it's easily COSC certified. Um has a Breitling Caliber 76, huge watch, 51 millimeters, right? But a, a, a big portion of that watch is that beacon that you want to pull it out. You activate the beacon and no matter where you are in the world, somebody's going to come and save you on the helicopter. The problem is if you do it by mistake, by accident, you'll have to pay a lot of a big fine. Yeah, it's like $20,000. Yeah, but you, I mean, at the end of the day, it, this is a specific device that you would get Right, if you're on a very professional kind of mission, right? It's not something that like a, an like amateur, explorers, right? People yeah. do adventures, like I'm gonna climb the Mount Everest. Yeah, but it's it's pretty much <clears throat> a level where you're like, I can really get fucked, so I need a distress beacon for like a helicopter mm. company. What kind of a situation could you be? I'm like, me. You climbing I'm gra- like a m- not me, because if you climb Mount Everest, nobody's gonna come save you there. Yeah. Nobody's gonna fly on top, right? I they, don't think they can. They I don't can. think the no, helicopters they, can, but, they can't even. But that's it; that they can't. So. Well, people are gonna sell. What right? if you've been eaten by a shark? Like, how are they gonna save you at this point? Like my girlfriend, sell what? Like my girlfriend was telling that uh, you know her uncle sell a oh, boat. Sail. Sail. I'm like sell what? If you're <laughs> sale, yes. Right. But the problem is, is that this watch I think has like yeah, zero water resistance. No. Which is ridiculous. Oh, let's see. America. Yeah. This is what I uh, what I was looking at. Which I think it has three bar water resistance, so it's really not designed for that kind of stuff, which is strange to me. But at the end of the day, the beacon is still going to work. There's like an antenna in that watch. (laughs) It's so funny. Has anyone used the Breitling Emergency? (laughs) But you know what? According to that, no false alarms coming from Breitling, and about twenty people were rescued thanks to some wearing a Breitling Emergency. Apparently, Mm -hmm. cool. So um, I think that the main reason why it's not water resistant is because maybe perhaps that beacon mechanism is not something yeah. that you can expose to water. But I, I know that they changed it recently because 
<clears throat> like until I think it was like 2015, it was like radio wave, a specific radio wave, and now it's a different type of information that the these um, emergency response team use. Mm -hmm. So it's a new version ish in later years. But uh, hey, guys, long podcast today. Five bars, five bars. So it's really not designed to be in water, which is a bit strange to me because this watch is supposed to be a thing that's like a black box on an airplane, right? It's supposed yeah, to everything. but 50 meters will get you at least swimming. You're on top and you're struggling, right? It'll give you I'm that. Struggling. <laughs> you're being eaten by a shark. But you can push that button and get, yeah, a, and get them will, to come find you and chop it in and half. And then, the, exactly. Instead of They'll a closed casket, <laughs> it could still be an open casket, right? If they find enough pieces. Depends which part. If it bites you from the bottom from the part, face, yeah. then you're fucked. Then it's closed casket. I mean, you, you're fucked either way. Yeah. <laughs> I maybe just surprise people no matter what. Open <laughs> casket. There you go. That's what exactly. happens. Exactly. All right. All right. So let's unwind this. If you enjoyed this episode, please reach out to us on Big Black Clock Official at Instagram or email us at BigBlackClockTeam at Gmail. Send us pictures, corrections, ideas, insults, and let us know if there's any pieces you want us to review with, of course, the caveat that we can afford them. As always, be good to each other. Eat good food. Have some drinks. For all of you, as always, watch shopping. Happy hunting. Thanks for spending time with us, and we'll see you next week. Hasta luego. Bye for now. Bye for now.